Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll dedicate our time to the sixth of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount. Each of the Beatitudes describes a characteristic of God's holy people and a blessing upon them that results. The theme of this beatitude is purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Stop right there, because I already see a problem. Now, I don't know about you. Okay, that's not exactly true. I do know about you because you're a fallen human being just like me. What I know is true of myself is true of you too. And that is, I am not pure in heart. My heart is desperately wicked and cannot be trusted. God said so himself in Jeremiah 17.9, so I know it's true of us all. And I see the evidence of this every day. So then, what does Jesus mean here? In what way is any person pure in heart? Why is it important? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now I want that. But I know what's in my heart, so I'm already concerned, and I'll be paying attention. And I hope you will be too, all week. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Want to See God? Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Jesus knew all those scriptures, and, and more, by the way, when he said, blessed are the pure in heart. But you know what? doesn't stop with the Old Testament. Exactly the same thing is said in the New Testament. 2 Timothy 2.22. Now, flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. How do you get a pure heart? How did David get it? Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. I know what's in here. I know I can't do it on my own. I need you to do it. First Peter chapter 1. You remember from our studies in First Peter just very recently as we've been doing this day by day. First Peter 1, 22 and 23. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another, what? From the heart For you have been born again. As Paul says, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Dead people are really bad at responding. You you, you don't, they don't do anything. You were dead, but God made you alive. You've been born again. Therefore, now from the heart, you can do things that glorify God. Toward the end of his ministry, Paul Uh, left Timothy in the city of Ephesus, and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to correct certain things, stop certain people from teaching strange doctrines. And then he says this in 1 Timothy 1.5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. 
Notice the connection there between heart and conscience. It's all connected to the inner working of the Spirit of God in your heart, soul, mind, will, conscience. It all fits together. So, as to purity of the heart, you come to God, you you, you cry out to Him, He purifies your heart. He solves the problem of sin that you could do nothing about on your own. Then and only then are you able to genuinely walk in purity. Not just putting on a display, doing it because you love the Lord who has made you right on the inside. Hebrews 10.22, one of the invitations to the gospel in the New Testament. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Several different word pictures. They're all to describe. I need you to do this in order for me to be able to walk in purity. Purity of heart begins with you being, interesting terminology, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience by the blood of Christ. You know, the blood was sprinkled on the altar. That was how you symbolically said that the death of that animal was to cover the sin of the one who brought the offering or the high priest offering it on the behalf of the whole nation on the Day of Atonement. So your heart is purified by faith, and you're then able to think about pure things, and then your conscience can be aligned with God's Scripture, with God's Word. Your conscience is your alarm system. It's that, it's that built-in thing that God gave you that compares the, the word conscience is literally con, with, and science, knowledge. This, it compares the knowledge of this thing with this thing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what the truth is. And I have to compare the two and adjust accordingly. We can have an evil conscience that lies to us, but we need to be having a good conscience, a healthy conscience, that where our conscience matches, conscience matches up with God's Word. And that's part of the purity that He builds into us. So, who is blessed? Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. What does the blessing include? For they shall see God. Now, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of temporal whiplash here. For they shall see God. That's the promise that comes with this blessing. Now, I trust, if you're here this morning, very good chance you've heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have, you, know, you have said, uh, I need to be forgiven. Lord, please forgive me. You've called out to Him. You've, you've turned from your own ways to, uh, to His ways, and, 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 you've, and you've given your heart to Him. How many of you saw the throne room of heaven with the Lord on His throne high and lifted up and the foundations trembling and seraphim flying around? You didn't see God, right? N- not in that sense. So what is this promise? Well, first let me mention... Exactly the same thing is true here that's true in all the other Beatitudes. The pronoun is emphatic, they. 
They and they alone shall see God. Nobody's going to see God unless they have a pure heart. Nobody's going to have a pure heart unless God purifies it. Nobody's going to experience God's purification unless they call out to Him for His grace and His forgiveness. But to see God in a literal sense, that's reserved for the future. I would say it's going to come in a couple of phases. One phase, the, in, the intermediate phase, if you will, is, uh, well, actually, you might even say three phases. Uh, if you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. What are we going to see? What are we going to know? I, I don't know. I know that in Revelation 6, there's some souls of people that are going to be martyred during the tribulation. They're under the altar. They're talking to... What are we going to see? I don't know exactly what that is, but that's one sense in which you will be with the Lord. Then there's the intermediate stage beyond that when Jesus, who is God, returns. He sets up His kingdom on earth. He will reign on the throne in Jerusalem. We will see the, the risen Christ here ruling on earth. And, ooh, we get to be part of that too. Isn't that cool? So you'll see God in that sense. Um, and then ultimately, when are we going to see God? Well, the new heaven and the new earth. We'll just we'll be dwelling with Him forever there. Now, while that is true, and that's in the future, there's also a sense of right now. There's also, if you will, um, oh, one writer that I was looking at this week described it as the inward vision. In other words, a, a better way might be to say, um, blessed are the pure in heart, for they and they alone will understand and perceive who God is. Uh, to walk with Jesus opens spiritual eyes hitherto blinded by unbelief. It's when you're, you're talking about something or you're studying something or you're reading something and, 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 you're, and you're not grasping it and then you say, oh, I see. You don't mean I visually see something that I didn't see before. You mean I understand. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Paul describes the effect of the gospel this way. He says, even if our gospel is veiled, in other words, hard to see through, hard to see, hard to understand, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Isn't that interesting terminology? Blinded, not the eyes, blinded the minds. So apart from Christ, you can't fully comprehend. And so in that sense, ah, I see. The disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus, and then the night before he went to the cross, he um, celebrated the Passover meal, and then he had that wonderful time of teaching with them that we have recorded in John 14, 15, 16. And part of that, Jesus says this in John 14, 19. After a little while, the world will no longer see me. Why? He's going to die. He's going to rise again. He's going to ascend. Nobody in the world will be seeing him. He says... But you will see me, 
Because I live, you will live also. And then as he goes on and teaches further that night, he he explains, you're going to have the Spirit within you. He's going to guide you into all truth. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.